four games down. I can't believe it. We are at the traditional quarter mark of the NFL season. Yes, I know there's 17 games now, so the math doesn't quite work out on that. But traditionally, four weeks in is the quarter mark, and it's crazy that that much of the regular season has already gone by. Precious time. you got to value every second of the NFL season. Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I'm your host, Devin Primrose, joined by that Sultan of Spice, Mr. Peter Strauss. What's going on, man? Not much. I am feeling better. We're a day late because I was feeling like, uh, like what, uh, what do they say? What do they call Tom Brady? We have a soundbite for that, right? That's what I felt like yesterday. We do. We do. We have a... That Tom Brady is still a doo-doo head. He is still a doo-doo head. Yeah, confirmed. That's, that's how I felt yesterday. So, um, but better now. Good to be here to talk about. Um, feel like I've been fighting for maybe not in our Discord. I try not to bring it up in our Discord, but in other chats about the Chiefs game, I feel like I've been fighting for my life. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, we we don't let you talk about Chiefs games in our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I couldn't argue with that many people at once. Like all like I had other friends already texting me about it, and I was having to defend myself there. I'm like I'm not doing this in two chats. <laughs> so I figured people on our Discord listen to this podcast, so I'll give my two cents here when we get to the Chiefs eventually. I listen. I I, I don't blame you, but hey, somehow I don't know how this has happened, and I hate the Chiefs for allowing this to happen, but uh, Zach Wilson has officially been the only quarterback to outplay Patrick Mahomes in a matchup against him, stat-wise, which is just re- ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, some things clicked together for the Jets this week, and i also convinced that uh, sometimes the Chiefs just, when they get ahead by a lot, they either stay ahead and make the blowout even larger, or they just start playing around and make a bunch of mistakes, and then Listen, it just steamrolls. I, and that's kind of what happened. I get all of that, but this is a man that has faced the likes of Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady, like these are top tier level quarterbacks, and he's outplayed all of them every single time that he's played against them. And uh, Zach Wilson is not the guy to have outplayed Patrick yeah. Mahomes. He, well, he ain't the one. There's, there's, there's other factors. I mean, uh, the Jets, despite what Blake tried to tell me in the Discord last week, the Jets do have a great defense. They just chose this week to come alive uh, for some reason, like a quarter in decided to come alive. <laughs> um, yeah, they, there might've been some distractions with, you know, who was in the crowd. We had another Taylor Swift game. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sick of this. Or like, I, okay. Part of me loves it for the NFL because you're bringing in literally a whole new audience of people, which hopefully, hopefully, when Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey inevitably break up, even if the even official, who knows what, what they are right now, but when they inevitably break up and Taylor Swift writes her album about him, which is going to happen, hopefully all of those Swifty fans that have 
started watching football, continue watching football, because I'm all about the sport growing. But my God, is it annoying to make a spectacle out of every single dang Chiefs game. It's awful. I hate it. Well, first of all, it's not going to be every single Chiefs game. It was just two in a row. Because it's going to be every one. single one. It's not. She goes She goes back on tour like next week. She's still going to find a way. She's out on tour for the rest of football season. Good. <laughs> Good. But was was it a little much? Sure. Like football. Was it, it was a it little was, hold much? On, hold on. It was a great point because the Kelsey's obviously they talked about it on their podcast. And Jason Kelsey came up with a great point where, like, the NBA has it down. No matter how big the star is, they take the star, they put him in the front row of the game, they show him off once or twice and get a clip of them reacting, and that's it. The yeah. NFL is like, even though they have celebrities at games, sometimes, like, Taylor Swift is just a whole different monster when it comes to fame. Well, part um, part of it is also that there's so much downtime in an NFL game. Yeah. Between every play, there's a 40-second play clock, which, you know, sometimes that's run all the way down. Sometimes it's run to 20 seconds. Sometimes it's run to 10 seconds. But there's at at least a maximum of 40 seconds that can be between every single play. You don't have that in basketball. Basketball is just fast-paced the entire time, back and forth from one end of the court to the other. Like It's nonstop action, at least throughout the quarter. But... There's so much downtime in the NFL. You have more time to yeah. fill on air, which I get the NFL and the, the production teams. They're going to do what they're going to do because it's, it's ratings. That's what it's all about. Uh, and somehow this was the, like one of the most watched games uh, in Sunday Night Football. But gosh, it's, it's just it's, it's a spectacle that I don't, I don't like. <laughs> I'm I'm not as like it didn't ruin the game for me with how much he's on screen. The thing that ruins it more is just all the puns that every like they're all the same that puns too, yeah. just rotated through all of the sportscasters. Not even during the game, just like throughout the entire week, we have to t- like listen. Oh look, he found a blank space in the end zone. <laughs> like we get it, okay, <laughs> we understand. Um, they're just I mean. It, it that that particular her getting that much screen time because there is so much downtime in football, yeah. it doesn't ruin the watching experience for me. Like I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to say that she's ruining football, which some people have said. I know that's not what you said. Yeah, but some I'm not, people have said. I'm not going that far, but it's it's a lot. I just I just want to watch a game, man. I don't I don't need to see that someone spectacular but is there what was crazy to me and i texted this to a few people taylor swift is so famous they didn't even mention on the broadcast who else was in the box with her do you yeah. know who else was in the box with her i know hugh jackman hugh ryan jackman reynolds, blake lively ryan reynolds blake lively and sophie turner yeah were all in the press box with her and they didn't get mentioned once on the broadcast yeah insane yeah yeah, well, enough enough talk about old Tay-Trey, and uh, let's let's get on to the best of the booth for the weekend. Who you got, man? I am going with a man who, um, after the, <laughs> obviously, it's NFL, um, <laughs> after the first game of the week, and even kind of preseason, I was not as high on as we've been in the past. Yeah. I thought... Their window was closing for anything great to happen. 
we were shocked that they were favored to win this game and then came out and just dominated a team who scored 70 points last week. I am talking about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills putting up 48 against the Miami Dolphins. Josh Allen in particular, 21 of 25, uh, which is 84% completion percentage, 320 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. Just having a field day with his boy, Stefan Diggs, who had six catches for 120 yards and three of those touchdowns. That duo, I mean, we'll see how it goes as the season continues on. I know Josh Allen has like weird problem games against teams that aren't really that good as good. Yeah. But I think they proved this week that, hey, the AFC East is still theirs to lose. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll we'll see what happens when when Josh Allen does have one of those games again, because it does seem like Stefan Diggs is for as good of a receiver as he is, which he's one of the best in the NFL. He's a little short tempered when it comes to poor quarterback play. And I think that that has caused a lot of the issues that he's had between him and the team. Um, what what happens as the season progresses, who knows? But hopefully we get good Josh Allen for the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, there. I mean, there's not a ton. He had a perfect passer rating, I believe, 158.3 this game. I mean, deservedly um, so. <laughs> and I mean, even the last couple of games before that, like I know they played New England and they played uh, Washington. So like it was, yep. they weren't as tough of games. But since those three picks uh, that he threw week one, I think he's only had one more interception since then. So sounds right. Getting cleaner with the football as well. Um, yeah. One. I mean, scoring wise are currently the most dominant team in the AFC so yeah this is just like this is kind of my big concern with this Dolphins team I really love what they're doing on offense I think the offense is is magical Uh, but the defense leaves a lot to be desired and can be exposed with playing the top tier elite offenses so again that's something to watch as the season progresses hopefully the the defense improves um, yep. and they're able to to at least put up a fight against these big dogs uh in, in the AFC but we'll see yeah i think we'll see. i think Vic Fangio will figure it out with this defense and they hopefully. still uh have not had Jalen Ramsey yet true true um, play so and i think also i thought they had Eli Apple but it doesn't look like he played this week not that I think Eli Apple is a difference maker, but a bunch of other people <laughs> like him. So, Well, hey, speaking of defensive difference makers, uh, I went with defense uh, for my best of the booth, which I rarely do. Now, I, I, I want to give an honorable mention to this guy, which I did not pick, but Khalil Mack had six sacks on Sunday for the Chargers, which I get it. The Raiders were playing a, uh, a, a rookie quarterback, but dang. Six sacks in the game is ridiculous. Um, so shout out to him for that. But I went with another defensive playmaker for the Seattle Seahawks, their rookie first-round pick. He was the fifth overall pick. And that's, of course, Devin Witherspoon, cornerback for them. He had seven tackles, two of those tackles for a loss, two sacks, and a 97-yard pick six in that game against the Giants on Monday night. 
man, that Giants team looked rough. The Seattle uh, defense was able to do basically anything they want. I think there was 11 total sacks for the Seattle defense, which is just mind-blowingly ridiculous. Uh, that offensive line couldn't stop anything. They were able to get back there at Danny Dimes all night. Just an awful showing for New York and a great showing for a Seattle team that continues to impress me. Yeah, I I was, I didn't get to watch like the whole game. I kind of watched bits and pieces, but it seemed like every time I looked at the game, there was Daniel Jones was getting tackled. And it's yeah. it's a shame because I feel like there are pieces of that team that's really good, but that offensive line is just it is maybe the worst offensive line I've ever seen outside of Joe Burrow's like first it's, and second year. Yeah. Or or Joe Burrow's <laughs> offensive line now is also bad. But I mean, it almost seems like don't even have him out there. Just let Danny Dimes and Saquon when he comes back and is healthy, just try to juke him out and hope for the best because that's what they're going to yeah. be doing anyway. Yeah, it's a really disappointing uh, performance. I thought it was a winnable game for the Giants, especially since uh, Geno Smith was hurt for a little bit and Drew Locke yep. came out for a couple plays and had a big and they let Drew Locke throw a bomb. So yeah, I just I I I wonder how much of the Giants' woes this season go back to Brian Dave Brian Dable, uh, and and. I thought he did a decent job with them last year. I don't think he deserved Coach of the Year for them last year, but maybe I was right. And this year, he is—he's showing his true colors. I just—I think you've got to start to wonder that at some point with that team continuing to struggle week after week. Yeah, and I mean the last couple of weeks they haven't had Saquon, who is the best player on their team. So, true. um. But still, I think against the Seahawks defense, who hasn't been that great so far this yeah. year, that they should have been able. It seemed like, too, like whenever New York started to move the ball, like a sack would happen, like every drive, like they would get like two or three yep. first downs and then get a sack or a huge tackle for a loss or something like that. And it just their momentum just got killed every time they had the ball for more than two minutes. So, um. Yeah, shout yeah. out to the Seattle defense for taking advantage of that offensive line. Uh, they they probably should have called the police on you because <laughs> that that's a lot. Going back to your honorable mention yeah. uh, real quick, because my honorable mention for under review is Brandon Staley, because, man, did he get bailed out at the end <laughs> of that game True. for doing a failed – a failed tush push, which is a very controversial play right now, but a lot of teams tried it this week, and it did not work for anyone. The Giants tried it. The Chargers tried it. I believe the Raiders tried it. A bunch of teams tried it, and nobody succeeded. It's that it's that 600-pound squat. It's the talent of the Eagles. You have yeah. the best center in football, and you have one of the strongest quarterbacks in football. I mean, listen, no, no disrespect to Justin Herbert, but I don't think he's – you know, squatting 600 he, pounds. Yeah, I mean, he's a big dude, but it's like, it's not in his legs. Same with Danny Dimes. It's, it's not <laughs> Danny in their Dimes legs. definitely ain't squatting 600 pounds. They, they, Justin Herbert's a big, strong guy, but he'd be skipping leg day. <laughs> um, but no, but the Raiders with a, their backup quarterback, another Hunter Renfro lookalike for some reason, uh, <laughs> 
almost came back and had a game-winning drive on that game and ended up throwing an interception at the end, but bailed out with a missed tush push on fourth down when they should have just kicked it. They should have just kicked it away. Yeah. Um, But speaking of head coaches who need to be fired immediately, making bonehead fourth down decisions, my under review and typically for under review, it goes to people that we expect to do better, right? I just could not go through this week without talking about Matt Eberflus for the Chicago Bears. Like, I understand. The Bears are bad. They're probably the worst team in football, although after this week, maybe the Giants are coming for that title. I don't know. (laughs) But Justin Fields had the best game of his career. It was the first. Yeah. It was his first ever 300-yard game. He was 28 of 35. I don't know what the completion percentage on that is, but, well, now, hold on. I, I This is the math podcast. I can do the math. They're both divisible by seven. Yeah. That's, that's four out of five. Yeah, four 80%. out of five. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> 80% completion percentage for 335 yards, four touchdowns, and the one pick that he got at the very end. Yeah. But the they had a 21 nothing lead, I believe. And then Denver came back, and the game was tied. And then Chicago had a choice. They could either go for it and try to burn more clock. They could kick the field goal, take the points, and make Denver, who I think was more desperate for the win. Yes. um, Make them come back down the field to tie it and then go to overtime. Or if they get a touchdown, they win. Or you can uh, – those, those were the only two choices, actually. But they decided to go for it, and they hand it off to Khalil Herbert, who doesn't make it. Yeah. And you get to a point where Justin Fields is having the game of his career. You can kick the ball, take the points, and if the Broncos come back and score, it's like, well, at least Justin Fields showed promise. At least Justin Fields – get some confidence and can maybe be the player that a lot of people thought he was going to be this year. Yeah. Because a confidence boost like that can do a lot. We see it with Tua who was not a good quarterback until he had some confidence with Mike McDaniel, but instead you do that. Denver's able to come down and kick a field goal. And now Justin Fields has to come back out and make a game winning drive and makes one final mistake in, in uh, the fourth quarter. And there goes all that confidence. There it all goes. And so you've just set yourself up for failure for the rest of the year. And I hope of all the head coaches that you get fired first. Matt Eberflus, you dang <laughs> fool. Well, I mean, I feel like if there is any coach that is sitting on the hottest seat, it is probably him. Um, only because the Chargers have seemingly righted the ship somewhat. Um, at least they're getting wins. They're getting so. wins. They're... <laughs> Staley's getting bailed out big yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that when you combine the expectations that so many people had for that team going into the season, between the media, the fans, and even within that own organization, when you combine all of those expectations – with the reality of what you've seen through four games with that team, where it's basically the same old the same old Chicago Bears that have no defense and seemingly with more weapons around Justin Fields 
a worse offense for the most part outside of Sunday. Um, I think that you you have to at least start having the conversation of whether or not this is the guy that's going to get it done for you. I don't think he is. Um, I also... I also think that people way overhyped that team. I didn't buy into it. Um, I I think that people got too excited by what they saw from a small sample size of Justin Fields. And by small sample size, I mean down the stretch last season. Uh, got too excited by that, which is fine. It's a guy that's in his second year making some progression. You want to see that continue in year three. But completely forgot about how absolute dog crap their defense is and how little they did to improve it. Um, so I... <laughs> I I think there's problems all over that team, and Matt Eberflus isn't the only problem, but he is probably the biggest one. So, yeah, I'm with you that he needs to go. Yeah, like this was, I think the Chicago Bears have had winnable situations, and obviously Justin Fields is a part of that. Like he has missed open receivers yeah. or he has held on to the ball too long. Like obviously he's still making Well, it's a bad mistakes. it's a bad game plan they've had for him. Yeah. Like whatever they've tried to do offensively with Justin Fields is not what you should be doing with Justin Fields. I mean, even this game, he only had four carries for twenty five yards. This was yeah. just the game where he happened to figure out like how to throw the ball or just how they figured out that Denver's defenses. Well, that's that's what it is. He was, was last year facing maybe the worst defense in football in Denver's. So, uh, which is tough to do when Chicago has an awful defense as well. But I, I think that's more so what it is. Is he happened to be facing a very bad defense, uh, and so that leads to a, a good game. Um, and I don't want to discredit him too much because Justin Fields Justin Fields is talented. I don't want I know that I've been against him being a starting NFL quarterback for 3 seasons and I still am against that because when you watch him and watch him as a quarterback, as a passing quarterback, that's what quarterback's job is to do. He is not great at it. He's not at the level of an NFL quarterback. But if you were to design an offense that allowed him to be more mobile, to have more designed quarterback carries, he could be successful, and they're not doing that. Yeah, I mean, you look at success that, like, Anthony Richardson's already having with Shane Steichen, who knows how to run a mobile quarterback offense. Or you yes, look if at there the was Eagles, a, if there was a single coach out there that could do it, it's Shane Steichen, absolutely. But... um. Unfortunately, I think Matt Eberflus should be fired, and maybe they should just go ahead and trade Justin Fields and just hope that they can get either. What they should do, and I think I said this in the Discord, what they should do is uh, trade their first overall pick to somebody who wants Caleb Williams. Take Carolina Panthers' pick, because they have Carolina Panthers' pick, which will probably be the second overall pick. Use that to take uh, Shadir Sanders, and then you also hire Coach Prime. And Coach Prime just comes in and cleans house and rebuilds the whole organization. The problem is I don't think <laughs> I don't think Deion Sanders – I don't want to say that he, w- that he won't be able to coach in the NFL. His coaching style 
won't translate well over to the NFL. I will say that because so much of his coaching style is mentoring, mentoring these kids that are transitioning from kid to adult. And that that style doesn't work in the NFL because you're going from a place of mentorship leadership to equality leadership, if that makes sense. Like, like these are now business partners, employees, however you want to look at it, instead of, like, I'm your mentor. And what he's doing for, for Colorado and what he did at Jackson State is amazing and absolutely needed in college. And I think it's set up to be incredibly successful in college. I don't think it will translate over to the NFL that well. And that's not to say they can't translate. I think they could. But the way that he's doing it now wouldn't work in the NFL. I don't think. We'll see. It's just fun to think about. Yeah, I mean, I. the problem is if you do draft Shadur Sanders, you, you're going to kind of be... I don't think he's as mobile as Justin Fields, but he does have some mobility. And... I don't hmm, I don't know. I think you're still going to be in a spot where you've got to kind of figure out how to uh, change up your offense a little bit instead well, of being, they, being real can, old school. If they can settle for a quarterback that's not Caleb Williams, which there's still, even besides Shadir oh, Sanders. Oh, there's, there's, there's plenty out there. There's Bo Nix. There's, yeah. there's uh, Penix Jr. from Washington. There's Drake May from North Carolina. There's so many guys you out there. You can trade that first overall pick to somebody who desperately wants Caleb Williams. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, use that those draft picks to build, you know, the rest of your team. Yeah. It's and possible. That's the only thing that can sh- save Chicago, but it's right, possible for right now. They're the same team that uh, they they always were, and I'm I'm yeah. sad by it. Yeah. I wanted them, uh, <laughs> you know, I I w- I wanted the root for them. Listen, but. right now it's looking like I'm not wearing a Justin Fields jersey next next year. Oh, well, <laughs> only one quarter of the season is done, like you said. <laughs> I and, mean, there uh, is there is still 13 games left. The Packers. Packers are what two and two, so I mean, speaking, not realistically that far ahead. Speaking of the Packers, my under review this week is the Packers game plan because whatever it was, it did not work. Uh, defensively, I've had my qualms with Joe Barry for at least the last year or two uh, because his defense, while it is stacked with Potential stars, they cannot stop the run. They've never been able to stop the run. It's the same problem they have every single flipping year. All you've got to do is just go out there and rush 50 times a game against them because they're not going to be able to stop you. And that's what Detroit did. I don't think they rushed exactly 50 times, uh, but they rushed uh, 43 times. Yeah, I was going to say 43 times for 211 yards. What is this? Is this 1990s football over here? What are we playing? Like, <laughs> David Montgomery went off for 121 yards and three touchdowns, which, great. Like, he's a very good running back. He's tough to stop, whatever. But you've got to just just slow him down, like just force force Jared Goff's hand a little bit. Which even then, Jared Goff was still beating them through the air. The defense couldn't stop anything. 
that the, whatever game plan they had set up did not work. Now, go over to the offensive side of the ball where it was an atrocity for the first half. It was awful. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with Jordan Love, but this is back-to-back games where he's looked like a completely different quarterback in the second half versus the first. You, If you go look at the second half, Jordan Love, dude looks like a, a great uh, great might be an, an, an overstatement, but a, a good NFL quarterback. You look at him in the first half, he looks like he's in the wrong league. He looks like he should be playing in the XFL. But I don't know what they're doing between the first half and the second half. I don't know if, if Matt LaFleur is intentionally trying to script plays to see certain things from Jordan Love. If that's the case, I don't know how I feel about that because I get it like you want to help develop this guy if he's going to be your future. And part of that is being able to see certain things and certain schemes. But the other side of it is you're also trying to win some dang ball games. You have a good enough team to compete. And whatever you're doing to start the games, again, back-to-back weeks between the Saints and this game against the Lions, they looked terrible in the first half. Now, they were able to come back and beat the Saints because the Saints are not great. The Lions, they tried to do it. The Lions are too good. So you can't you can't get down and put yourself in a hole at halftime to these good teams and expect to be competitive. And they certainly have a team to be competitive. Now, they've been banged up. They're coming back from, from injury. Aaron Jones, Christian Watson slowly getting back into that offense. David Bakhtiari is probably out for the rest of the season from what I saw, which is a, a shame. That offensive line is a mess, but that's no excuse. C.J. Stroud had his third-string left tackle out there and basically a second-string offensive line, and he still went out there and threw for 300 yards on Sunday against T.J. Watt. So it's not an excuse. Again, I don't know what kind of game plan they have, but it's not working, and they need to go back to the drawing board and figure some things out. Yeah, I know they didn't run the ball like at all. I mean, they and couldn't They couldn't set that yeah. up at all. That's part of it is anytime they tried, it went nowhere. Yeah, because, I mean, I think they had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a total of uh, so 10 carries each between the two of them. And then Jordan Love had two rushes for negative two yards but still had a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> um. But, yeah, it is weird to see him, like – and. A lot of it is, too, like, I don't know if it's necessarily the game plan because one thing I noticed the last two weeks is they get open for him in the first half, and he just overthrows players in the first half. And I don't know what, like, I don't know if they go back in the locker room and they, like, readjust his contacts or, you know, what what they're doing back there <laughs> that makes it so he has depth perception in the second half to hit those long balls. But that's something I just noticed between this game and uh, it was last week the Saints that they came back and beat. Yeah, the first half he's just overthrowing guys. Yeah, and so I don't know if it's just like him needing to adjust throughout the game or or what it is. But um, hopefully they they figure it out. I mean, it looks like at this point still that they won't be last in the division, and they technically still have a shot to win the division. But they're not going to do I it mean, like this. They're they're not going to. Uh, which which is fine. Like I didn't expect them to win this division. I expected them to compete for a wild card, and I still do. I still think they're in 
probably close to being in the upper half of the NFC, but that probably speaks more to how bad the NFC is as a whole than how good they are. But I, I'm with you. I don't know what it is. I I'd still like I don't think I don't think Jordan Love is a bad quarterback. And I don't think that he's on a path to being a bad quarterback. I just think there's a lot of things that I have questions about, such as why is he starting so slow? Why is he missing receivers in the first half and then looking like an elite, accurate quarterback in the second half? Uh, I I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. Um, But maybe it's just working out kinks. Maybe it's just first year starting, getting things ironed out. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know either. Do we have a legit or counterfeit this week? Yeah, um, I'm keeping it simple uh, because we are a quarter in. And, you know, through four games, we should mostly know who all of these teams are, right? Allegedly. (laughs) So I wanted to go through (laughs) the standings and look at this kind of seating and everything and see if these current playoff standings are legit or counterfeit. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> so I'll tell you right now, starting in the AFC, all four division leaders are three and one. Makes sense. Um, I'm not exactly sure how the tiebreakers work, but the Chiefs sure. are the number one seed. The yep. Ravens are the number two seed. The Bills are the number three seed. And actually, no, I apologize. This isn't in the right order this way playoff thank you no data available never mind um fourth fourth seed would be the indianapolis colts because they're in the afc south they're two and two um fifth seed would be the miami dolphins at three and one sixth seed would be the pittsburgh steelers at two and two and seventh seed surprisingly would be the houston texans you're dang right now, obviously, there's other teams tied to two and two. You got the Browns, Jaguars, Titans, Chargers, um, but that's just how the tiebreakers. That's just how the tiebreakers worked out. There's so many teams in that two and two. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't think the Colts are legit as the division winner in the South. Uh. But I don't know who is. Um, it is weird that like because the jack it is to the Jaguars' division to lose, and they've seemed to have already yeah. potentially lost it. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they, they haven't said is is every team in that division two and two. Um, yes, yeah, that, Texans, that, that Jag, Titans, <laughs> uh, and Colts. Yep, they're all two and two. Texans, Texans being a wild card team. I do think is legit. I'm standing by that. I I said in our preseason that if everything goes right, this is a team that can compete for a wild card, and I still believe that. You look at what they've how they've played the last two weeks, I think they're playing very good football right now. I mean, CJ Stroud, I think, is performing yes. way better than yes. anyone else thought. 100%. He has not yet thrown an interception. Yeah. In four games, yeah, his first four games, and he's he's racking up yards like it's, uh, like it's averaging three hundred and three yards per game. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, he he looks like an absolute I, stud for them. I think that's part of like I just thought it was going to be too inexperienced for them to really make a run, but I mean sometimes rookie quarterbacks can do that. Well, Maybe I, just 
people aren't expecting to play a good team when they when they play them. I, I think know. I think we also just expected the AFC as a whole to be a little bit better. Um, and so you have teams like the Chargers that are currently sitting outside of a playoff spot that we expected to be better. Uh, teams like possibly the Patriots that we expected to be a little bit better. Certainly the Bengals that we expected to be better. Um, so, yeah. you know. And the Jets that were supposed to have Aaron yes, Rodgers. the Jets as well. Um, the Steelers, I don't think, are a legit playoff team at this point. Uh, especially with Kenny Pickett getting injured. And honestly, Kenny Pickett hasn't looked good at all. Uh, it might be time to make a quarterback switch there, too. I don't know if it's quarterback or if Trubisky. it's Matt Canada. It could be. It could be both, honestly. I know Steelers fans are, like, hungry for Matt Canada's blood right now. Yeah. Well, deservedly so. Yeah. four weeks. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't see too many issues there, though. Like the 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 top three C's are are probably going to win those divisions, um, and then the Dolphins being a wild card and the Texans being a wild card for sure. Yeah, at this point, with like some teams having so many question marks, like the Bengals not performing with Joe Burrow being hurt. Yeah, like I still am a believer that they should have just sat him, but now I think it's too late. It's either you sit him and your season's done, or you play him and hope that seventy percent is enough. Yeah, it's uh. Um, but it was rough for him against the. Tennessee They're in a bad Titans spot this week. They're huh? in a bad spot. Um, but like the Jags, obviously, I think should be higher. The Chargers have the talent to be higher, but have a like those are kind of the only two teams that I would want to put in there that aren't in there now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for the most part, I think it's legit. Obviously, you can kind of sort around the seating. I know the Bills have been a little bit more dominant than the Chiefs and the Ravens, so. Um. Yeah, I give the nod to them as the number one seed for the moment, but I don't. Weirdly, even though it's only been four games, I don't think it's that far off. I think it's it's pretty it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's very few teams that I would count completely out of playoff contention. Yeah. Um, going to the NFC, you have the two undefeated teams. The I don't know again through tiebreakers. Philadelphia Eagles as the one seed, San Francisco 49ers as the two seed. And then in the South, the only three and one team in the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Crazy. As the third seed at three and one. And then Detroit Lions also three and one at the fourth seed. Fifth seed, again, through tiebreakers, also three and one. We have the Seattle Seahawks. Sixth yep. seed. You have the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And then multiple teams sitting at two and two. The tiebreakers give it to the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh. Um, but you also have the Los Angeles Rams, the Commanders, the Packers, and the Saints at two and two. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's probably how it's going to be for most of the year. I think that seventh wild card is going to be pretty wide open. Um, I could see the same thing happening again this year that happened last year, where a nine win team gets into that that seventh wild card spot. Um, as far as the rest of it. I'm going to say the other six seeds are all legit, and that includes the Buccaneers as the leading yeah, team in the South. Baker's had a resurgence in Tampa, and yep. I don't think any of us thought it was going to happen what? because we said it when he went to Carolina. We said it when he went to the Rams, and we're like, oh, okay, now it's not going to work. And now of all teams going to Tampa Bay with Todd Bowles. 
yeah. is somehow the team where he revitalizes his career. Like, obviously, they had the one blowout with the Eagles, but, I mean, the Eagles are the best team in their division, or maybe beside the 49ers well, you've got, um, in their conference. So th- this is going to be controversial to say when he's played with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., but I think he's playing with the best wide receivers he's ever played before in his oh, career. Oh, yeah. Mike Evans Between, and Chris Godwin? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like OBJ is still good, but he I don't think he was prime OBJ when he was on the Browns. And right. They seem to have kind of a leadership problem with Baker on that team anyway. Yes. And and here's here's what I love about just the the way it appears with Mike Evans versus a guy like Odell. Odell is very much a get me the ball kind of receiver. Mike Evans, I think, is way more of a listen. Throw the ball wherever it's it's going to get us a win, kind of receiver. If that makes sense, yeah. Like he's not the guy that wants the ball, or let me rephrase that. He's not the the guy that has to have the ball in his hand to win the game. Obviously, I'm sure he wants it because that's most players. Uh, but Odell's the kind of guy that has to have it, or else he's going to be upset, and he's going to let you know he's upset, and everybody on the team's going to know he's upset. Um, and so. I think that that I think that probably meshes better with Baker's personality because uh, Baker's very much a flashy kind of arrogant player. Uh, well, I don't even think Baker necessarily has to be like the star of the show. Baker he doesn't. Just, Baker will do whatever it takes to win games, and I think yeah. we saw that in there. Uh, I don't remember who they played week one. But, I mean, he was running the ball, like, putting his body on the line. Like, yeah. he was taking some big hits for the And he's team. still doing that. Yeah. And I think he's just on a team that, you know, has an actual shot and I think has that kind of belief in him. Like, Listen, I've, I've got my fingers crossed that it works out for him because I've said this before, good Baker is fun Baker, and fun Baker is good for the NFL. So if we continue to get that, I'm I'm here for it. Uh, but they've looked uh, the, the the one problem with all of this is that Todd Bowles is going to continue to be an NFL head coach, and I don't think he's good enough to be one. But we'll see. They listen, could, they can still blow I, it. The a the NFC South is still wide open. The Saints have a pretty easy schedule and can make it back in easily. The Falcons have a really good defense and good and have good weapons including Bijan Robinson who can probably carry a whole game on his back if he needs yeah, to. But, so here's but here's the catch 22 of the the Buccaneers situation is again I don't think that Todd Bowles is good enough to be an NFL head coach but I want to see a Baker renaissance uh, more or less and I in order to have that and have it continue to be successful you can't let Todd Bowles go because then you're in the same coach carousel that Baker's been in his entire career that's caused him so many issues. Yeah. So I need, if Todd Bowles is the guy for Baker, then I guess I've just got to live with it. He's got to be the guy at Tampa Bay. <laughs> I mean, so whatever works because, I mean, what's weird is uh, I just, my favorite thing to always talk about with Baker is how like Kevin Stefanski came in to like quote fix Baker Mayfield. Right. And then they went and they got their only playoff win in the last however many years. Yeah. You know who wasn't at that one playoff win? 
Kevin Stefanski because he had COVID, so he wasn't at the actual game <laughs> when they got that playoff win. So, I mean, I, I think Baker, I mean, obviously he had problems in Carolina, but he also had, uh, I don't even remember his name now, that one guy at head coach that got fired last year. Um, I don't remember his name either. Well, <laughs> Matt, 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 Rule, Matt Rule. Matt Rule. But he also had Matt Rule there, and then he had some success on the Rams, but he wasn't there the full season. So right. maybe he's just finally found a guy that clicks with him, or like we were talking about with, with Tua, like obviously I don't think it'll be that big of a jump, but just has a guy that has confidence in him, and maybe that's all yep. it takes, and has a team that believes in him too. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. All right, well, let's put week four in the rear view and turn our attention to week five. And hey, man, let's get picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. I don't know if you've calculated up your current standings, but I am sitting at 42 and 22 on the season. Yeah, you jumped ahead of me a few this week. I got the Jacksonville game, but then Chicago blew that lead. New Orleans had a meltdown. Uh, what was the other one I picked? Pittsburgh had a meltdown. Yep. Uh, so not not the best one for me. And then obviously the Giants were the Giants. So I'm at 39 and 25. So three games behind. But hey, we okay. still got we still got a pretty long season to go. So all right, all right. Well, starting us off Thursday night over on Amazon Prime, we get a real stinker of a matchup because that's Thursday night football, and that's what we all deserve on Thursday nights. Apparently. <laughs> We have the 0-4 Chicago Bears making their way over to Landover, Maryland, FedEx Field, home of the Washington Commanders uh, at home, Washington, six-point favorites. Uh, I think that's fair, especially how they performed against uh, an undefeated Eagles team, pretty much going down to the wire with, with Philly. This Commanders team is a little bit risky man they're they're yeah. they're kind of fun sam howell hasn't been as bad as i expected i don't think he's you know lit up the world or anything but he's been solid he's been perfectly perfectly fine that's how i'll phrase it uh and listen if we know anything about the bears defense he's going to look like a god against them so <laughs> Uh, give me Washington in this one on Thursday night. Who you got, man? So part of me really wanted do to, to do something silly. Don't do it. But then I was reading an article that said uh, because the Bears have a long week this week, they have a 10-day rest, if Matt Eberflus loses this game, then this might be the perfect time to fire him. Because this is like – would be. This is one of the last, I think, winnable games for the Chicago Bears. Like Washington is frisky, but might not, you know, they did have that one blowout with the Bills and don't, you know, Sam Howell does make some mistakes and stuff frisky, like that. So. Frisky, but beatable. Yeah. So part of me was like, I need to contradict you on some things. This might be a game I was thinking about, but now I'm just rooting for <laughs> Matt Eberflus to get fired. Yeah. So give me the commies as well. Um, yeah. 
I think I mean, they they could make it close, but Matt Eberflus will make some dumb decision. Um, Ron Rivera has the uh, wisdom of Eric the Enemy now, so that seems to be helping that situation over there as well. So, yeah, that's, uh, again, this past Thursday night was fun for, like, a quarter. Like, the, I mean, third, the third quarter was fun. The, sec- the second half was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, nice. Listen, I, I would like to get to where we have good Thursday night matchups. Like, give us some good football in prime time. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> I have a feeling we're going to agree on a lot of games. This probably. Week. Probably. Well, let's head over to Sunday and starting us off at 9.30 a.m. again over in London. The Jags just stayed in town, but now they're technically the away team, even though we all know they're technically the home team in London. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Buffalo Bills at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on the road. Buffalo are five and a half point favorites. Hey, listen, doesn't matter what continent they're on. Vegas still thinks they're a good team because they are. Uh, And that's why I'm taking those Buffalo Bills. The Jags, Despite their win last week against the Falcons, I don't think they've figured everything out, uh, and they're facing a very, very good, potentially the best team in the AFC uh, in this Buffalo Bills team. So give me Josh Allen and the boys to get it done. Who you got, man? So the Jacksonville Jaguars, not only you know is England their home, they are now also undefeated in Andy's room. Um <laughs> picked up that important win did you watch any of that coverage a little bit of a rough broadcast it's one of those where like it was kind of fun to watch at times but also as a like as i was watching it with uh with you know my wife and like we were having fun because she doesn't know as much about football so it's just like a fun thing to watch and then as a football fan it's like just how the ball would kind of glitch out on passes and stuff it's like okay did he score? Or did he not score? Yeah. Now some of the running plays were awesome. Like watching Bijan juke players like he does in real life in the animated toy version is just as cool. It's well, it's just as cool to watch that way. Here's here's what I would have preferred because all of the graphics I loved and all of like the cutscenes with the Toy Story toy, toys and all that I loved all of that. But I think the actual like real time animated football game was odd and looked weird i would have rather have seen like an actual like the actual gameplay with the toy story style graphics to where it is graphically going to be more appealing to kids toy story fans whatever um but you still have the actual game there versus like the real time animated game I think the technology will get better. Like I think, probably. I think as if they do it more, I think it'll get better and more enjoyable. I do yeah. think it was kind of shady for them to be like, oh, um, if you pay for, you know, because Disney owns both Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, right? And so it's like, oh, well, you can only watch the actual broadcast if you have this other subscription service that we also own. Yeah. Um, yeah. because well, that game I believe was only like I couldn't even get the actual broadcast on YouTube TV. Yeah, yeah, it, um, it was an ESPN. Well, it was a ESPN Plus slash Disney Plus exclusive. So, if Disney you, Plus only had the Toy Story version, of the right? Game. 
Right, which I think the idea behind that is that Disney just wants you to get the bundle for yeah. Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu, which fine, whatever. You ain't whatever, getting but... me that easy, Disney. Yeah. Because nobody who pays for any kind of cable service is also going to pay for ESPN Plus because for the most part, that service comes with all the sports stuff. Like YouTube TV, Somewhat. it's YouTube TV, I think it's only an add-on of like $10 a month, but I get Red Zone and NFL Network yeah. for like with my cable thing for so, YouTube TV. People who pay for like Spectrum cable and stuff aren't going to pay an extra. Why would they? Well, here's here's the kicker with ESPN Plus, and here's why I've paid for it for over a year now, is that if you are a hockey fan, they have every out-of-area hockey game on ESPN Plus, every single one. And since I am a Dallas Stars fan that lives on the East Coast, it's perfect for me. I get to watch every single Dallas Stars game for 10 bucks a month. They cannot beat that. All right. It's a fantastic deal. But, but, see, okay, I see your logic here. Yeah. The only issue. If you're not a hockey fan, it's not worth this it. This wasn't a hockey game, Devin. Yeah. Well, well listen, that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying is that's why I pay for ESPN Plus. But if you're not a hockey fan, I get it. It's not worth it. I think, I think in the future, they, they should just like, it's, I mean, they should do it how Nickelodeon does it is they should simulcast it like you have the option to watch either. Yeah. But, you know, because well, I, you I like that. the Nickelodeon broadcast. Whenever it's on Wild Card Weekend, I usually do that instead. I'm not going to watch it instead of the actual Super Bowl broadcast. You had that on ESPN Plus. So on ESPN Plus, you could either watch the regular game or you could watch the Toy Story. Version. Right, but it wasn't backwards. If you yeah. only have Disney, Disney Plus, Plus, you, you could, could yeah. only watch the Toy yeah. Story version. Which, uh, that makes zero sense to me, but whatever. Um, Anyways, we have a game this week in London. Yep, they're out of Andy's room into London. I don't know if you remember the last time these two teams met. I don't. The Jags won. Six to nine. Nice. Weird. You know why they won? Oh, the good Josh Allen. They have the superior Josh Allen who was able to just completely dismantle. Josh Allen can't play against somebody with his own name. Defensive superior Josh Allen got, I think, a a sack, a fumble, and a interception. He got all yeah, three. He, he was one of our best of the booth last year. I remember that. Yeah. So we're not going to disagree on a lot this week, I don't think. Are we disagreeing on this one? I think we are going to disagree on this oh, one. God. I think the Jags, between that, they've been in London all week. They haven't have to worry about jet lag. They're used to that there. Um, I'm going to take the Jags. Even oh. though they're away, they're at home. This is their home, and I want them to win. Give me an easy win this week. I'll take <laughs> it. Let's head back to the States. We're talking Detroit, Michigan, Ford Field. We have the Carolina Panthers 0-4. I can't even say they're clawing the way up there because I think those claws are non-existent on, on these big cats. But they're heading into Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions at home. The Lions are nine and a half point favorites. That's fair. We got a big cat beat down coming on Sunday, and I'm going with the Lions. Who you got, man? Yeah, this isn't one we're disagreeing on. Uh, <laughs> I think the Panthers have shown some flashes, uh, you know, two weeks ago with Andy Dalton and this week with Bryce Young. Like, they were in that game with the Vikings till the end, but 
I think the Detroit Lions are just way better. They're the they best. Are. They're the best team on the line of scrimmage right now. Their offensive line and defensive line are both insane. I think they're one of the best, if not the best, team against the run. Also, so they're going to force this game to be on Bryce Young. Listen, and I just don't think it's going to happen. I could make an argument that the Detroit Lions are the third best team in the NFC. No, yeah, I yeah. Uh, Eagles, I 49ers. Think, I think most people will say it's the Dallas Cowboys. I trust this offense in Detroit a hell of a lot more than I trust Dallas's. Now, Dallas's defense is definitely better, but I don't think Detroit's defense is bad. At, they're at the very least in the top half of the league, and I would say they're, probably borderline top 10, where the have. offense is probably top five. I mean, right now it seems like they have the most impactful defensive rookies in the league with uh, yep. uh, forgetting his name. Brian Branch. Brian Branch and Jack Campbell have both been yep. super good on that team. Which, you know, Brian Branch did go out with injury in that Thursday night game. He came back he came and back, then left yeah. again. So we'll see how much that injury impacts this game. But I still think they're going to have a pretty yeah. easy time. Against, this game I don't think it'll attack too much. We'll see if yeah. he's healthy for later in the year, but... I yeah, agree. Give me the Lions. I agree. Well, let's head over to ATL. We have the risky and fun two and two Houston Texans coming in to face the two and two Atlanta Falcons. Listen, Falcons fans are starting to get a little upset with Desmond Ritter. I think a lot of them want to potentially see what they have in Taylor Heineke or make a trade for a certain quarterback out of Minnesota. Uh, who knows if any of that's going to happen. Uh, but at home on Sunday, Atlanta are two-point favorites. And I got to say, I think this is one the Texans might sneak out. I'm rolling with Houston in this one. I think Houston is just playing great football all around right now. Don't get me wrong, I think the Falcons are still a, a good team, but they've got some stuff to figure out, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And while this is a team that you could do that against because Houston's defense is not necessarily great, I think Houston's offense, they've got something clicking, man. And I'm excited for their future, and I'm picking them to get it done in Atlanta on Sunday against the Falcons. Who you got, man? Yeah, I'm with you on the... Texans. Um, there are also rumors, and I think Blake talked about it earlier, of uh, people wanting Justin Fields to go to Atlanta. Yeah. I don't think it would be as good as Kirk Cousins going to Atlanta. Um, but I think it could be. I mean, they're more able to establish a run game, so that could help him develop as a passer. But could um, and, and Arthur Smith that could be a fun, uh, fun weapon for Arthur Smith to to use in his offense. Yeah. Um, but as it currently stands, I mean, putting that many points up against the Steelers, like it just shows that CJ Stroud can, I mean, literally this year, CJ Stroud can throw 300 yards against anybody. And that's something that Atlanta cannot do. So, um, I'm going to go with the Texans and their Texans defense isn't the best, but I think they're, all they have to do is slow down the run enough to put the game on Desmond Ritter. And I think they can. I think they can do that if they can just hold hold Bijan to like a hundred yards. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this what was so impressive to me about that performance against Pittsburgh is that Pittsburgh has one of the top three defensive players in the league in TJ Watt. And again, like I said, Houston was using their third string left tackle and for across the offensive line, all of all of their presumed starters going into the season on the offensive line were injured. So they were on at least second stringers across the, the whole offensive line. And CJ Stroud wasn't sacked once. He wasn't sacked once. That's impressive going against TJ Watt. And so I just think they've got a good thing going, man. I think they've got a really good thing going there. I'm with you on the Texans. We will we'll see if they'll be able to keep it up as the year goes on to make the playoffs, but yeah. I definitely got them this week. Well, let's let's keep it in the AFC South and go out to Indianapolis for a AFC South rivalry game. We have the two and two Tennessee Titans heading in to Indy to take on the two and two Indianapolis Colts. On the road, weirdly, Tennessee is favored in this one. Two point favorites. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't, it's not it's not a big spread, so I'm not gonna like complain about it because I think this will be a very close game or could be a very close game. I think these two teams are kind of in a similar spot. Um, some question marks on the offense. Somehow the defense is keeping them in games. I I don't know who to pick in this one. If I'm being honest, uh, I think I'm you want me go, to pick first. And I then... think I'm gonna go Colts. Because I do like the Anthony Richardson story, um, and ho- I, I know he's dealt with some injuries this year already, and hopefully he can stay on the field. Uh, but I'm going Colts over Titans. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with Indy as well. If you look at, I mean, Tennessee beat the Chargers due to poor coaching and poor defensive play, and then yeah. they beat a very hurt Cincinnati team with no offensive line like i think tennessee's record like indy's record i think is correct for them i think tennessee's record is not um i think shane steichen is a great coach for them so far i think matt frable is still a little bit old school and has an older team um so i I just think things are going to roll indy's way for this one i think anthony richardson is going to be able to dance around and do what he needs to do he's had a rushing touchdown in all three of his starts so far which is not something like i think i was saying reading that like almost i think one other quarterback is done like cam huh. newton didn't do it michael vick didn't do it like all these other great rushing quarterbacks that you think of like he's the only one that's done it well if you want a fun little weird step for this game uh the colts sit at two and two but both of those losses were at home, and they are the home team this week. So maybe they can get their first home win. That would be nice. Let's uh, let's head down to Miami where we have the hapless New York Giants sitting at 1-3, and three, flying down the East Coast to take on the 3-1 and one Miami Dolphins uh, at home. The Dolphins are 11-point favorites. I think they're going to be... Fired up after that 
loss to the Bills. I think they're going to want to make a statement, uh, and this is the team to do it against. I've got the Dolphins winning big over the Giants. Who you got, man? Yeah, I'm. I am also going to go with the Dolphins. This is going to be a good bounce back game for them. The Giants just, I mean, even with Saquon back, like there's not going to be any room for him to to run, um, which is unfortunate because he's on my fantasy team. But <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Miami with you. There's not a ton to talk about there. Miami is better than the Giants in literally every single category. Yep. <laughs> Especially yep. even Devon, like Devon Achan. Apparently, he said that everybody was saying his name wrong. It's Achan, not Achan. Yeah. Um, seemingly taking over the workload and seems like a fantastic running back. Um. Yep. So yeah, give me Miami. Well, let's stay in the AFC East and head up to Foxborough where we have the New Orleans Saints coming into town to take on the New England Patriots at home. New England, just a one-point favorite. Both of these teams have so many question marks floating around them. I don't think we really know what either team is yet. We did get some news on the Patriots side of things. Uh, the rookie corner, Christian Gonzalez, is out for the season. They went ahead and made a trade with the Chargers for J.C. Jackson. He's back on the East Coast in a Patriots uniform. Uh, we'll see how that changes their defense. Also, Matt Judon is expected to be out for the season, which is a big loss on that defensive line for them. Uh I'm rolling with the Saints in this one. I don't feel good about it. I don't like it, but I don't want to pick either of these teams. Who you got, man? Yeah, I'm also going with the Saints. I know Bill Pelichek is a great defensive-minded head coach, but if there's a week for the Saints offense to figure something out, yeah, it's, it's against a very hurt Patriots defense. Um, Because I don't know what's happening, man. Like, I don't know if it's just Dennis Allen isn't a good coach. I don't know if Derek Carr is maybe worse than a lot of people thought he was. Well, he's Um, got he's got the injury that he's dealing with now. That's true too. So, um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Saints as well in this one. Um, I'm curious if Mac Jones is still gonna be starting or if they're gonna get the zappy attacky in there. We'll see. We'll see. We've got a AFC North divisional matchup between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers at Acrisure Stadium, which just sounds weird and bad and dirty to say in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> we all know what it's really called. It's Hans Field. No, it's not. But on the road, Baltimore four-point favorites. I think that's fair. I think Baltimore's the better team. That's why I'm rolling with the Ravens. Also, can you pick it? Is injured. Don't know if he'll be playing, uh, but it might be time for a quarterback change there anyway, so maybe we get the Trubisky show. I don't think that's going to be much better. We'll see. Give me the Ravens, though. Who you got, man? I do love Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I Um, know you weirdly do. (laughs) Hey, he's the original MVP. Okay. Listen, you you weirdly like Mitch Trubisky. I weirdly like Kenny Pickett. I'm starting not to, uh, but yeah, it's it is what it is. Um, I'm still gonna go with the Ravens though. The Steelers, like as good as their defense is, I think the Ravens are still a little bit too explosive, especially if the definitely if Houston can do that to them, the Ravens can do that to them. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
So yeah, give me the Ravens, one of the other more dominant. They had the one weird loss to the Colts, but other than that, they've been pretty dominant. So Let's fly our way out to L.A. where we have the Philadelphia Eagles flying high at 4-0, heading into SoFi Stadium to take on the Los Angeles Rams. It's surprising, 2-2 two and two, Los Angeles Rams. On the road, Philly, four-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that's fair. I'm rolling with the Eagles. I like them them more. I just think they're a much better team. Uh, I think they might have gotten exposed a little bit by the Commanders, who put up a surprising fight against them. But this Eagles team is still one of the best teams in the NFC. You could make an argument, the best team in the NFC. Uh, and I'm I'm rolling with them. Who you got, man? I like what you did there, flying out to L.A. Yeah, for the Eagles. Ha, ha, ha. I have um, good transitions sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm going to, again, we said we weren't going to disagree on a lot this week, and that seems <laughs> to be the case. I'm also going with the Eagles. I do think it is possible for the Rams to sneak it out here, um, especially with the Eagles almost, you know, only they were up 16-0 against the Patriots and then almost let them come back. They almost let the Vikings come back. They they almost lost to the commanders in overtime. They're kind of just sneaking away some one possession wins like the Vikings did last year. And we saw how that went in the playoffs for the Vikings. Um, so, you know, hit or miss there, but for right now, I'm going to keep believing in this Eagles team and give them the win. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. Let's go out to the desert. where We have the Cincinnati Bengals, the hapless Cincinnati Bengals heading into Arizona to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, on the road, since he are three-point favorites, listen, something is going on in Cincinnati. This is not the same Bengals team. Uh, I don't know what is happening. I don't know if it's a lot of mental issues for Joe Burrow. We all know that the injury is there. It's it's nagging him a bit. Uh, but he's kind of dealt with injuries for most of his career. Uh, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if Zach Taylor is the right coach there to really get that team back on track. I hope I hope he is because I like this team. I think the Bengals have a lot of things to like there. But pull out the maracas because I didn't think I would do this this year. But I'm getting spicy with it and taking Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals to get the upset. Who you got, man? You better keep those maracas out. Oh, man. At this point, I never really thought Zach Taylor was a great coach. I just kind of thought he was the coach that was there when they got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that they've kind of been riding on their talent for the last few years. And Joe Burrow not being at 100%, like I get he's dealt with injuries before, but I mean, this one seems to really be, I don't know if it's his mobility yeah. I don't know if the rebuilt offensive line isn't as strong as they thought they were. I think I had a warning about um, Orlando Brown Jr. at the start of the year saying that a lot of the sacks to Mahomes and a lot of the pressures came from you his did. side. You did. Um, so they, they there might be less talent there than they thought there was. 
Yeah. But man, and I mean this Cardinals team, they're one and three, but they've been in every game they've played. The Bengals have not really been close in any game except the one that they won. Yeah. Um so I'm with you. I'm gonna take Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals. They still have a heck of a good running back there with James Connor. Um and their weapons. What was the guy's name? Was it something Williams, that receiver on the Cardinals this week that had a fantastic game? Uh, what is his? That name? does sound right. I don't know what his name was. Williams. When did they play? Did they play at four o'clock last week. I don't know when they played, man. Uh, Michael Wilson is who it was. I he had a very generic name. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Michael Wilson, who I believe is a rookie, was starting to get into the mix with seven catches for 76 yards last week. So, you know, if you need a reliable receiver in your fantasy league, maybe it's time to pick up a sleeper like Michael Wilson. I mean, this is a team that arguably could be 3-1 and one right now because they could have beaten the Commanders in week one. They lost by four points. Should have beaten the Giants in week two and let them come back to to get the win. They lost by three points. They righted the ship against the Cowboys. Weirdly, that's not a team to right the ship against, but they did it. Got <laughs> got the win. Then obviously got a little you know manhandled by the Niners, which most most teams do. Yeah, I mean all teams are going to get manhandled right. by the Niners. So, but three and one is not out of the question for this team. They could easily be sitting there. They're not. They're sitting at one and three. Uh, and that happens in the NFL, but I think this might be a better team than we all gave them credit for. And Josh Dobbs has been playing very well for them. He hasn't been lighting lighting it up, but he's been a very good, uh, talented game manager of sorts for them. Um, so I like what they're doing, man. I just think the Bengals are in a bad spot, and this is a again another winnable game to for them if they lose by three or four points or or even seven points a one possession game i won't be surprised by that i think that the cardinals while they're staying in games they've also found ways to lose games going back to week one and week two um but if they get completely upended by cincinnati that will be surprising to me yeah um fun fact joshua dobbs also has not uh, thrown an interception this year so far um and just i don't know where he came from i don't know what is what was he doing in the off season he was like a physicist for nasa or something? i don't know something I'm like wondering that, if he's using the mathematics of his physics degree to like get the angles to be a better quarterback you know like this guy's running at me at this angle at this speed if i throw the ball just like this or run at just this way and avoid him this, Maybe this, this is why football players go to college. That's all I'm saying. Heading out to Denver, we have the one and three New York Jets heading into town to take on the one and three Denver Broncos. Congratulations, Denver. You got a win. It might be your only win of the season because it was barely a win against maybe the worst team in the league. Uh, but guess what? You're favored at home. One and a half point favorites for this team. I don't like that. Uh, I don't think that's deserving at all. The Broncos are a mess. They're garbage. The Jets at least have a great defense 
and some semblance of an offense. Uh, maybe Zach Wilson finally figured everything out uh, against the, the Kansas City Chiefs, and that will you know, transfer over. I don't think that happens, but it might. Uh, I'm taking the Jets in this one, which feels weird to say, but I'm taking New York in the Wilson Bowl. Who you got, man? I've never once thought about picking the Broncos in this game. Not a single time. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't want to pick either one of game. them. But I mean, the Jets kept up with the yes with the Chiefs. Yes, and uh, man, I I like I want to talk about it, but it's going to drain so much of me. But like, I don't want to say it came down to one holding call because it was a holding call. Listen, that game was also in Jet Life Stadium. It wasn't at Arrowhead. I think if it was at Arrowhead, the Jets get completely dismantled. I think. I think also Aaron Rodgers being there, I think, does a lot because I mean, their only Possibly. other win was when Zach Wilson came in after and like, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers able to come back on the sideline and kind of coach him a little bit. Like, I think the Aaron Rodgers Zach Wilson relationship helps him a lot. Also at Jet Life Stadium, just yeah. saying. So I. Obviously, I don't think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be at this game because it's in Denver. But, I mean, maybe, again, this performance against the Chiefs, he he literally only had the one fumble at the very end that gave the Chiefs the drive to run out the clock. And I think if there's a team, again, to bounce back against and to maybe gain some confidence, this is a confidence episode. Just name the episode something, something, something confidence. Uh, I think okay. it's against this Broncos team who just released their best, if not second best defensive player. For those yeah. who don't know, Randy Gregory asked for a release and he got it. He's a free agent now. Who knows where he's going to go? We'll find out probably next week. Um, Getting out while he can. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that Bronco, the Broncos at this point are going to go through an entire rebuild with Sean Payton. But they're still going to have to keep Russ for at least another year. Or so, with, I mean, geez, yeah, um, I mean they're they're tied to him for five years, five more years after this year, and if he's not the quarterback, he's going to be counting against their cap and dead cap space, which is it's just an unfortunate. But also, again, he has not been the problem this year. Russell Wilson has played adequately this year. Yeah, I just, man, I don't even know. Problem is the defense makes Justin Fields look like a competent quarterback and also gets a 70-burger dropped on them by the Dolphins. That's the problem. <laughs> the defense is garbage. Yeah, um, I'm taking the Jets with you. I also think, taking the Jets. I think uh, I think Zach Wilson can have a good game. If anything, Brees Hall is going to just run all over this defense. I don't know how I feel about this, that even our upsets were both picking the same team. I don't <laughs> know how I feel about that's that. That's how I knew. I was looking at the games, and I'm like, <laughs> he's a huge believer in the Texans. I know he's not going to disagree with me there. <laughs> I was like, what are the other games? I thought maybe you would could pick the Patriots, but that was the only other game that I thought maybe we would disagree on. Everything else, I was like, he's not picking the Broncos. He's... Well, 
the Bengals, I don't think anyone should pick the Bengals at this point until they can Listen. actually show they have the talent that they did last year. There's three games left. There's still time. So let's make our way up to Minneapolis where we have those aforementioned Kansas City Chiefs sneaking out a win over the Jets, heading into town to take on the 1-3 Minnesota Vikings. Uh, on the road, Kansas City, four-point favorites, 100% fair. They're the better team. This Viking squad is in a bit of a mess. Uh, I I still have so many questions. I think the offense is playing fine when they hold on to the ball and they don't have turnovers. Um, the defense is not great. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes might have a heyday against this Vikings defense that is essentially non-existent, um, at least at least in the secondary. So give me KC over Minnesota. Who you got, man? Yeah, I already know who you got. I don't need to ask you. Obviously, I'm with you. Um, not because I think the refs are gonna you know rig the game for the Chiefs to win because that's definitely not what happened. Um, even though that's what everybody says. If I tell you, I don't want to get too much into this because I know we're we're running out of time. But oh gosh! How my villain origin story almost started this week when I essentially got to the point to where everybody was saying, "Oh, they rigged the game because Taylor Swift was there." That um, it was a BS holding call, all that stuff. Which like his hands were around his neck. Like that's a holding call. I don't care. Right. I don't care. I don't care. And the fact that it like for the entire monday talking about football i talked about it like it was professional wrestling i was like yeah man you know i hope they put uh the giants over i think this is a this is a match where they could get their chance to shine you know <laughs> like stuff like that Good like Lord. this was this was my origin story of just screw it nothing i say to you guys matters it doesn't matter that the safety wasn't a safety according to gene's territory because the face mask started before they got to the end zone it doesn't matter that the horse collar tackle that got called on the Chiefs wasn't a horse collar tackle because he didn't get in the shoulder pads. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is you slow down the camera to show one missed holding call, which are super rare. The refs never miss holding calls. That doesn't happen in football. And, and call that holding call where his hands are literally around his neck, where he threw the flag late because if he threw it any earlier, he would have hit a player with it. So... That's my two cents on that. Go something I can't say on the show to yourselves and give me the Chiefs. Spoken like a true <laughs> Chiefs fan. Uh, before you have an aneurysm, let's head out to Santa Clara where we have <laughs> Sunday night football, the three and one Dallas Cowboys heading in to town to take on the San Francisco 49ers, 4-0, baby, looking good. Four-point favorites at home for this Niners squad. I really like this team. I think they've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And this should be one of the better games of the year, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, don't be a dud. Please don't be a dud because this, on paper, should be a showdown. Uh, I'm taking San Francisco in this one. I think they're... Just better than like 30 teams in the NFL. Uh, so give me San Fran. Who you got, man? Yep. Another one we're going to agree on. Um, I'm never really a no big believer in there. the Cowboys ever. 
Um, which is why I said no surprise. (laughs) The Cowboys are a good team, but also have really struggled against the 49ers any time they've played in the last five years. Um, I mean, that sounds like most teams. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Give me the 49ers. The Cowboys, again, hopefully prime time. They could make it fun, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners just absolutely shut down the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. It wouldn't be surprising to see Dak have one of his really bad games, which, well, he's, he, which he is known to have from time to time. I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago. He can't play from behind. So if the 49ers can get the start that True. they've gotten to every game this season, then I just don't yep. think the Cowboys are going to be able to catch him. Yeah, I mean, listen, run CMC right now is looking like Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, he's just a monster for that team. And, like, Brock Purdy, great quarterback. Again, another quarterback that hasn't thrown a pick yet. Over 1,000 yards, only the five touchdowns, but no picks. McCaffrey's already almost halfway to 1,000 rushing yards for the season. He's at 459. Yep. Yep. Just having a, a great season out there. Yeah. Let's go to Monday Night Football, where we have... Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers heading into Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. The Devontae Adams revenge and some other game, guys. even though Devontae asked for the trade, so maybe it's actually a Packers revenge game. I don't know how that works. I, I don't know how it works either. On the road, Green Bay are one-point favorites. Listen, don't. why are you sighing over there? I'm picking the Packers in this game. Why are you upset about this? I'm sighing because I don't think the Packers deserve to be favorites in most of their games this year, just based off of what I've seen through four games. I like this team. I like where they're headed. But on the road, favorites, even though it's just one point, I don't know if they deserve it, especially after how they looked against the Lions. The Raiders are a much different team. The Raiders are a mess. The Raiders should fire their head coach yesterday. Uh, but they haven't for whatever reason, and he's still there. I like this Packers team more. Give me Green Bay. Uh, but uh, I got to say, I'm I'm a little nervous, man, just because I don't have a ton of confidence in this team currently. I I understand not having confidence in the Packers. You know who I have even less confidence in? The Las Vegas Raiders. Fair. Got their one win by one point over the one of the bottom three teams of the league in the Denver Broncos. Um, and this is an easy pick for me. I don't know why he struggled with it. Give me the Green Bay Packers. I understand that Jordan Love, uh, he's a late bloomer. Just give him the second half. The Raiders are going to give up 80 points in the second half of this team. That's an exaggeration. But if there's any kind of lead, Jordan Love will catch up in the second half. If we got second half Jordan Love for all four quarters every game, I mean, might be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Might be. <laughs> so if we get that, let's let's go. But the problem is we ain't been getting that, and we do get bad Jordan Love for at least a half, and I don't like it. We got bad Jordan Love in the second half against the Atlanta Falcons. First half was great. So it's a half-and-half game that we're getting from him, 
And I don't like it. Just be consistent, man. Just be good all four quarters. Not yeah. that hard. Just be good. Uh, Just be good. Really, <laughs> really quick. Um, yeah. We forgot to mention this because I forgot it started this week. This week starts bye week. So if you did not hear teams, it is because they are on bye. Yeah, and those are the Cleveland Browns, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You <laughs> will not see them on TV this week because they... Um, I'm assuming Deshaun Watson asked for an early buy because he can't play more than four games without getting a massage. So, um, make sure you bleep out that I actually said his name. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, just uh, make sure to adjust your fancy lineups as needed. Remember, remember the buys. Uh, but I think that wraps everything up. Should be a good week of football, I think. Um, got some handful of good games, handful of crap fests. Uh, but did we agree on every game except for one? Yep. Well, there you go. Just, <laughs> just, just go to I Vegas it's, and, it's and just make that, your picks. It's just this week. We'll we'll disagree on more stuff. But man, there. I feel like there are no close games this week, or like I games, think there. I, I think, think there are games that will be close that are just like teams I don't want to root for. Like I don't want to root for sure. the Titans. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. Like. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. But again, as always, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to us in whatever capacity you are doing. So if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Uh, that way you're notified every single time we go live every week. This was a day off, uh, but we had some stuff going on. We're allowed to do that. Uh, Don't at me. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Air, uh, Amazon, Pandora, however you're listening to us, thank you we appreciate it uh give us a rating and a review if you choose if you want if you want it's all on you um follow us on our socials if you would like at booth review pod for most things at booth review sports for instagram uh maybe we'll get some content on there eventually probably possibly maybe next year yeah (laughs) there's always next year (laughs) Hop into the Discord. That's where uh, all the fun stuff is going down on a daily basis. We do weirdly keep up with that more than anything else. So hop in there, talk some sports with us, and uh, I believe it's that. Good job.